Holy and Human. I'm Adam Foley. And I'm Elisa Romeo. Today we'll be talking with Jonas Elrod and Mara Evans. Hello, everybody. I know Hello. we say this. I feel like every time we say it, we're so excited. <laughs> But to be honest, like we are so excited. I mean, I feel like the shows we choose are because we're excited about them. Yeah, especially this one. Yeah, and we when we were dreaming up this podcast, Jonas Elrod and his wife Mara Evans kept coming to us. Basically, one excuse to having the podcast is getting to talk with (laughs) With cool people, people. and um, and getting to share with you all just the gifts that everyone carries on their spiritual path. So. Jonas is somebody who years ago I watched his film called Wake Up and you can go to wakeupthefilm.com and watch it there. You could also watch it. I think it's on, it used to be on Netflix. I think it's on Amazon. I probably should have checked these things, but it's around (laughs) places online. But for sure, if you go to wakeupthefilm.com, you can see it there. We'll link on our website. What's our podcast website? Holian. You don't know this by now. <laughs> I should. Which one Holy is Holyandhuman.com. So, because you can listen to the podcast from different places like Stitcher, Anchor, or yeah, whatever. Apple but if, Podcasts. But yeah. if you're on our website, that's where you can see the links to yep. things. So we'll link to a couple things on there. Also, so anyway, years ago I saw his film Wake Up, and I was in tears. Couldn't believe what a beautiful documentary it is. Basically, it's a story. It's a true story of Jonas, and he basically had one of his best friends pass away in a motorcycle accident and that really opened up his intuition, his psychic ability. So he started seeing spirits and seeing other visualizations and it freaked him out because he was raised in the deep South where um, in a religious programming kind of a situation where there wasn't really an understanding of what that was. So he was really scared and his skeptical uh, girlfriend at the time, Mara was really worried for him so the, the as movie, well she should be yeah, yeah and started out at the beginning where is it a brain tumor does he have schizophrenia so they go into different specialists and they rule out nope it's not a brain tumor nope you're not schizophrenic it looks like you're having a spiritual experience and so yeah. then the documentary starts on his quest to understand the meaning of his life basically and his purpose and it's such a beautiful story and as somebody who had been through my own spiritual journey i it was deeply validating and comforting to know i wasn't alone even from this person that i didn't even know personally but by the end of the film just it really felt like what filmmaking should be which is to really just bring love and comfort into people's lives and education and yeah in a really great yeah. way and yeah, later extremely helpful for me too when i saw it uh just so helpful because in the movie jonas is so relatable and and you're going through this process with him step by step i mean he was already a documentary maker we talk about this a little in the podcast and he didn't expect this to be the topic of a documentary but it started happening to him so he just started filming it because that was his art form so it's really beautiful that is captured from the very beginning and to the end where he has some integration of the whole process and i often recommend this film to people in sessions especially if they're having a spiritual opening and wondering what's next or what will help support that where sometimes you do have to break down before you break through and that process can be scary i think um so it's such an incredible resource and then oprah saw his film loved it and picked it up for uh, a TV show that's on her own channel, which is called In Deep Shift with Jonas Elrod. So he went on to make these beautiful stories, miniseries about people with their own spiritual paths. And um, I believe we'll have some links to some of those too on the website. So check that out. Yeah. And really... He has some uh, free things up right now about him on the Super Soul Sunday, what you were saying earlier. Yeah. So we'll try to link to that as well. And Lots of links. And uh, yeah, so enjoy this conversation with us and Jonas and Mara and reach out and let us know what you think. Send us an email or come find us on Instagram or whatever. And we would love to hear how your own spiritual experiences have been evolving. Hi. We have audio. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. How you doing? We're, we're good. How have you guys been doing holding up with all of this? You got the new baby, so that's going to be a lot of your time. Um, it's been challenging, 
I think that's like, I'm in advertising. And so that's been the big word, the big bug word. It's a challenging time. Um, but trying to work out working from home and having an infant and his schedule and my schedule and just trying to navigate all of that has been, uh, for the first few weeks, it was like maddening, a little bit maddening. Um, and, um, and then I just started to figure out boundaries. And once you get boundaries figured out and like a chore wheel essentially going, then, <laughs> then, you know, we're not like wearing each other like a hat all day. And, um, you know, it's, it was, it was challenging at first, but then we figured it out. I think it's much better now. And now that gratitude is really hitting me of, Oh my gosh, I get so much time with my baby. So, you know, terrible thing that happened, but I was devastated to go back to work um, after maternity leave. And this has just like been amazing. So, yeah. you got to figure out sleep schedules and all that. But now, this has not been the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, we had worked for a long, long time to get our son here. I mean, seven, eight years, and it was grueling for her. It was grueling for me. And I feel so. I get emotional, I'm sure, because I'm so amazingly blessed that he's here. And that was such a roller coaster, him coming here, and he was seven months yesterday. But I realized, you know, he had kind of a little bit of a rough landing, and I kept going, I have to heal this child. And then one day I had a meditative, like, download. I was like, no, no, his ass is here to heal you. <laughs> and, like, and kind of help us remember. Mm -hmm. So He's so pure. It's like that, just that purity is. God, it just changes the entire environment of the house and our relationship and our perspectives on the world, right? I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's like so true that when you become a parent that it's like, oh my gosh, the purity of, of life is yeah. so in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets to watch a film at some point about how his mom and daddy met when they were dating. Oh, yeah. I was on a what metaphysical like? union. What, what is that like we're writing a book right now on relationship and there's like oh, sex, sex is in it and stuff and we're always thinking we're writing like are children gonna read this in the future <laughs> like you know like what is this gonna be like through that let's you what do you think about that in terms of I mean so just for everyone listening like we we we're such big fans of wake up and you guys and your relationship and I would say your soul contracts and orchestration in terms of what you guys are doing for each other on a soul level just the beautiful synchronicities and your relationship so, and we are constantly recommending people for Wake Up as a resource because for people who are just opening to the world, it's so nice to have a connection to a person they can relate to that's been through it. And, um, well, personally for me, it was a really big you. film because Elisa showed it to me, uh, <laughs> right when we were meeting. And so I was, I didn't identify as a spiritual person and I didn't see energies are uh you know that i was blind to that world and then when i met elisa i had my awakening in which i just started seeing things i mean i went from oh. one day of seeing nothing to the next day of seeing angels and ghosts and people's energies and uh and it was a world i didn't know if i wanted you know <laughs> i didn't know if i wanted to participate in it or accept it and uh and so wake up was really helpful for me at that time to be like okay here's another guy going through a very similar story uh also meeting each other at the same time the relationship uh, piece it's nice to see because a lot of times there's yeah. not a lot of relationship examples with an awakening too so it's really well, nice one, to see how you know yeah. that part goes too. one question i have for you guys is jonas you had your spiritual awakening and then pretty shortly after you guys met and so i think uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, you can correct me on this, but that, that helped you see that there was an orchestration involved in you guys meeting? I mean, orchestration is a really good word for it. Um, but that's kind of how that worked. And so uh, she moved to New York from Atlanta to be with me. And first night, I kind of gave her the uh, Edward Norton in a fight club kind of speech. You've met me at a very peculiar time in my life. And I could see her doing long division going, well, I've heard of this in the South. I mean, she's from the real South. I'm from suburbia. She's from a farm. And, you know, we try to capture as much as we could on tape as opposed to remember when, when everyone's feeling healthy and, and giggling. Like it was, 
I haven't seen the movie in years. I didn't have Final Cut. But there's a lot of beautiful moments where I would feel probably like you guys felt very elated and connected. And it was just god awful, fearful things I would experience. And so I've made a joke because I have clarity now because I just need to process and talk about this. So every fucking day, it's a, it's a similar conversation. And that's the thing about having these spiritual experiences. You, and everyone would say that you have to integrate it quick, but you can't fake it. So it took a few years to kind of integrate this and that not had to be the only conversation. Let's talk about the game. You know, let's talk about anything else. And so I have real um, empathy and compassion for Mara having to go, okay, another one of these stories. Because I have a lot of people that have experiences. I just don't need to hear about it every time I talk to you. But if there's something you want to talk about, let's talk about it. But like, let's talk about other shit. So, you know, it's what, 15 years now, you integrate it, it's a thing, and it's who you are, it doesn't have to be what you are. But that takes some time and patience, and you can't speed it up, and you can't slow it down. So, but I I forgot what the question was, but yeah, it really shows me the divine orchestration, divine timing, which I I normally don't want to hear because I want something real bad. Oh, divine time is going to be a seven more years, fuck, I want it now, but I really get that there is free will, but there's also, this is going to happen regardless if you like it or not. Yeah. And luckily, these have been a lot of things I have liked. Sounds like she helped you integrate a lot of that through, you know, listening to you and putting up with you and everything you're going through during that time. Yeah, I asked a lot of, a lot of times I was asking, like, what's the point of any of this and why does it matter? And, and of course, I was developing, I was coming from a chip on my shoulder about it a little bit because, you know, what he was talking about, I felt like it was a huge part of the conversation, some huge part of, like, our And I wasn't group. always present because I'm over here. She's like, it's fine, right. but, and I understand that. Like a true Aquarian, <laughs> you were definitely up there and involved in it a lot, and I'm Aries, and so I'm definitely down here in the fire of, like, action and what what are we doing next and how how does this integrate into our lives and what does this matter and and then it would switch to my other side of my personality is we'll get through this too and and so but then at times I was just like I I need a guidebook I need something to to help figure this out and of course he didn't want to to talk about it outside of his trust circle for the longest time. Um, And so I didn't really have a confidant to talk to about um, my feelings on it and everything. And and at that time, it was really important for you to truly and absolutely believe everything that you were seeing and feeling and experiencing. Um, And I, I just figured that it was part of you. There was no separation of, one day this will get better or one day this will change or one day he'll this will all calm down it was like this is who he is this is the relationship i'm signing up for um and so sometimes it was being okay with not having answers how how did you get through that part just as a, a support and as a like, where, what did you call upon to kind of find clarity for your own self on that journey? Because a part of you must have had some connection to your intuition to be like, okay, something's keeping me here with this, in this relationship. <laughs> L-O-V-E love. So <laughs> when you love someone, it's, it's no mountain too high, right? I mean, and I went from, yeah, like 90 miles an hour and in, in, in life of no God, no uh, spirituality, no connection to universe or lingo or verbiage or anything about it. And to a 90 degree turn of hearing, you know, hearing and reading books about killing the ego and connecting to the higher being. And I'm like, I'm a lapsed Catholic. That's all I even know about any of this. Yeah. And you know, it was, it was definitely a lot of reading books that you were recommending to, to, to help along the way of like, there's this whole world that exists all around us. And many people have lit the way. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was just like a, an education, first of all. So there's like the scholarly side of me had to have some sort of resources or research or understanding. But then I also had to be honest with my other side, which is the rational side of me that says, I love this person and I, and I still am worried. I still am concerned. And I have to have faith in that he is telling me he is okay. Mm-hmm. 
But at the same time, I had that voice inside of me saying, what if he has a brain tumor? What if there's something wrong with his eyes? What if there's something wrong with him and I lose the man that I love? First time in my life, I have this kind of intimate love relationship and I don't want anything from him. This is the first time in my life I've had that kind of relationship. I don't want anything except for just to be together. And so it was a lot of faith, trust, research, you know, being honest with myself about the voice in my head and, and how do I approach him and ask him, is it okay if we make sure that you're okay Mm. for me, you know? Um, And because, you know, ignoring the science side of it is, is not, it's not okay either. Right. Like I've heard of so many stories now with like a beautiful nun who had a brain tumor who felt that connection to God. And when they removed that tumor, it was so devastating to her that she had lost the the voice of God. And I'm like, Ooh, science and spirituality all coming together. Who's to say she was wrong? Don't know. Sometimes the tumor might biologically shift something that helps them to act something energetically, spiritually, that's true, regardless that maybe there's another way to reach besides the brain tumor. It's yeah. well, the pineal gland. Now I've learned all of this yeah. stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so yeah, that's how I got through the, the early years of just all the questions and all of the, the reach outs and like the communicating and taking and giving. Yeah. I think that helped a lot. Yeah. But, and but for me, uh, in the beginning, what happened is I think similar to you, Jonas, where suddenly I got the clear visual where it just opened up, where I was seeing mm-hmm. spirits. You know, one night I woke up and there was an old woman next to my bed. It didn't feel harmful or anything. It was just like a elderly woman who had maybe passed away recently, things like that. And so for me, I was like, this spiritual world is a mixed bag. (laughs) I don't know if I want it to participate, but then it was really honing in on no matter what's going on. I know that I love her and I know that I'm ready to have a family and I know that this is true. And so that was my lifeline and my tether through all of this. And so that's why I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this. Um, one question I just had. Uh, I think Jonas is about to say something. Where are you gonna um, did you go down the tunnel? Did you see that tunnel thing that looks like the end of 2001 a little bit? Or all the- I, I did when I had my out-of-body experience and then had a life review, even though my physical body was fine. Um, and then I got messages about why I was supposed to stay here because I didn't want to. <laughs> I, this is a pretty common story, I think, for people who've crossed and come back. And then you have kind of this period of, a year of homesickness of yeah. like, do I want to be here? And you have to refine your will of like why you're on the planet, you know? Um, I, so she had that out of body experience that was before years we before we met. So she was acquainted to that world. For you, I don't know. I guess it was I don't. Very... I didn't have a tunnel experience. No, uh, I just started seeing things. I just started seeing uh, spirits everywhere. You know, I just w- walked on the street and would see spirit walking there. And yeah, uh, fucking yeah. freaky, isn't it? It, it was really freaky. Uh, yeah. yeah, good. Uh, yeah. People romanticize it, and yeah, it took years, and we caught some of that on Wake Up, and uh, there's a maturity and adjustment and integration. You can't rush the ball on any of it, right? So I like what you said. This is my lifeline. It's tethered love. And that's ultimately what kind of brought me truly back in the body. It's like, I, w- I want to do this. Yeah. And I don't want to hide behind spirituality or hide that uh, I'm special in the pendulum to what is that? Oh, I'm a victim. Because my immaturity and like, wake up shit a little bit. I would have moments, like, maybe like you, Adam, where I felt elated. Like, I, that's, that's an angel straight up there's no debate in it and like i'm shocked with the same books is it real is it projection what is it but then you would see some of that horror stuff that i would see that lower level nonsense is real too but mara was definitely helping to bring me back because i was up here and you can get lost up there again i'm special i'm special i'm special you want to be special go audition for the stones but when it comes to spiritual work you need to get your shit in order that's right or i'm a victim Either one of them was a huge pendulum and she's trying to negotiate. It's like, look, I just want a cute guy to go have a hamburger with and be somewhat interesting to talk to. And ask <laughs> this was not the plan, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. she got some of it, but, um, <laughs> but it is hard okay, to, so to get a hamburger with. About that, about how you got to come back to this because it's easy to be up here. 
just for people listening who've never heard this term integration, what does that mean? What is integration? What are we doing? So it's like we have a peak spiritual experience or a spiritual opening, and then there's an integration period. And what like sometimes spirituality or religion is a lifestyle more than a, a personal thing that exudes. It's just a lifestyle. And Mara has been fast to kind of point that out, and I kind of see that. Um, you know, like Moses can do the burning bush thing, but if he doesn't integrate that or start to shift, he could still be an asshole, even though he had an experience with the divine, right? Yeah. And you see that all the time. And maybe some of the people you talk to, they're on different levels, like yeah. celebrity, spiritual book writers. Some of those people, uh, Mary and I would know and have a drink with, and some of those people I wouldn't allow to walk my dog because there's different <laughs> levels of maturity in integration. Yeah. It's hard. No one wants to do that kind of work because you kind of have to look at like, yeah, I'm kind of messed up here. I'm kind of messed up there. And sometimes I will bypass that. Sometimes I'll look at it and try to stare it down and, and work that because I don't want this to be a part-time thing. Yeah. And then you don't even have to talk about it. It just kind of exudes from you. Uh, I saw this great clip uh, in your recent uh, In Deep Shift uh, shows on uh, Which is really beautiful, the Oprah show. channel mm -hmm. about breaking it down in the three spiritual stages of breakdown, breakthrough, and integration. Uh, and Elise and I really have agree with that philosophy. Uh, a you know, we have a lot of people that are empaths that are energetically sensitive, uh, that are waking up to these new realities and these bigger things. And we always tell them first to hon hone in and talk to their own soul. Uh, because it can be so confusing which again is uh, what, just what do you think love would tell you right now yeah. and that might be a small thing like take a nap you yeah, know i'll like tell you to watch a reality show and zone out for 30 minutes it doesn't have to be some cosmic thing all the time <laughs> yeah. but and yeah. you're seeing so many things and different spirits and getting all these different levels of information it's really confusing to sort through all that which i think is part of the breakdown that first stage you're talking about is kind of this ripping away from your normal reality of what you've known uh, to this broader thing. And it's confusing to make any, you know, heads or tails of. Uh, so, yeah, I just like to hear, um, I lost my train of thought completely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't. Do you want to talk at all about, the, you know, one thing we talk a lot to people who are, it's like they're in the breakdown phase and it's really nice to have that type of a map, like, you're not, you don't have to live here. This doesn't have to be your no, new home. You don't yeah. have to be in breakdown for the rest I of your life. I guess my question can... was, how did you get out of breakdown? Back to your question, my breakdown, let's call it being distracted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because mine maybe breakthrough and breakdown at the same time. Um, my breakthrough, I thought, was fairly earnestly and authentically captured when I did a sweat lodge uh, up in your neck of the woods with an amazing man named Mark Polson. Mm -hmm. And I had some visions and I had real grounding and something clicked where it doesn't need to be this outside thing. It's, it needs to come in. And then my love and dedication for wanting to be with her without 20 distractions, 20,000 distractions. Yeah. Do you remember when we talked about, I asked you, what if it's a radio station? Like you're mm -hmm. flipping through the radio station mm -hmm. in your old truck, right? You're going down a, a country road. Mm -hmm and you hear bits and pieces of a country song or a preacher and this and this and this. And all of these bits and pieces are not code for you to decipher, figure out, find meaning in. You're just simply flipping through well, different radio stations and you can decide to tune them out. Yeah, you have free will on what station. I think that's important to learn of like, that's what soul journaling to me is, is like, Let's go to station soul on purpose. Let's train from beta to theta in our brain. So we're actively choosing and having control over that instead of it just like coming bits and pieces all over the place. I, think it's, I do think it's a station. When I was little going to sleep, I would hear just conversations in my head, like clairaudiently. And it just felt like, you know, in the olden days, whenever it had landlines and you could sometimes hear another conversation through the line. Mm -hmm. um, so I would just have to kind of like, Sometimes I'd listen, but then sometimes I feel like my soul would pull me out of it. Like, you don't need to be on that. How do you deal with, you know, the visuals and just the information these yeah, days? How is it for you now? It's not so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, if I can be a service with it, fine. I'm not a psychic. I don't want to be an intuitive. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could. Uh, the way I kind of use this is hopefully continue to bring this out on TV and film. 
but I, to answer your question, I don't have what I had 15 years ago. It's slowly dialing down. I still hear things. Uh, three nights ago, I was asleep and my son was levitating above me, looking at me. I don't know what that means, but that's what he was up to. And uh, I mean, obviously, he was in the crib behind us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still hear, hear things, but it's not this drastic nine radio stations pushed in and seeing, you know, constant yeah. stuff. My sense is, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but when it feels like a big opening and there was like a whole bunch going on and then it was almost like on an astral level, you're choosing what actually do I want to use here? What parts are actually efficient and serve like my human life? It may have. I mean, I appreciate that. I don't have the same run I had 15 years ago. It was challenging, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, I don't miss that, but yeah. You know, when Mary was asked like, well, so what, what does this mean? Well, for me, it was always an obvious thing. Well, whatever you want to call it. I mean, there is no death. This isn't all there is. There is God, angels and other deities. All this stuff is a, a thing. And it's not something I have to think about. I know. And that's the gift in all this. Yeah. How did you feel, Mara? We've met. <laughs> why we've met on my part is because before meeting Jonas, my absolute terror in life is mortality. So sure. I <laughs> is so I I was having panic attacks. I was having like these full body panics of of the understanding that this is all going to end one day. And I couldn't really articulate it to anyone. I tried to do a therapist once and they were like, well, have you tried meditation? And it was like, no, I need to try Xanax. Yeah, right. Um, so was, Give me the script. <laughs> um, and then I meet Jonas who is like, the spirit world exists. And I'm just like, that's too much. So it's, um, we, yeah, so we met, I met this person who was just like, face it, think about it, talk about it. <laughs> that is so funny. We can do that yelling, dynamic, yeah. Y'all do that too? Oh yeah, I mean, keep going, this is fascinating. <laughs> I mean, I still have those fears. I still wrestle with mortality all the time now it's ramping up even more that I've become a parent. Oh yeah, that changes um, a lot. I feel like I was scared to die. Beforehand <laughs> I was like, I could get on a plane and be like, I could go, but, I think, go. but then once you have a kid, you're like, I can't, I can't yeah. go. I can't leave, right. Uh, oh my God, we're gonna leave him here? Um, so I, it's definitely been ramping up and it's, he's like this tether of, you know, that, that holds me, to, it's almost like in a great way, like the tether in Poltergeist, like going through the closet. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, everything you just said is, I think, so interesting and indicative of who you guys are because what I found so shocking when I was opening up to this world was the few people I felt like I could trust to say a little bit about it would, you know, I, sometimes I get this feedback of people saying, oh yeah, well, this one time I had this ghost experience or this one thing. And it'd be like something that they would never talk about. Usually I, you know, since I brought it up, they would share this story, but then there was no integration or no thinking about and, it later. Like, oh, this thing happened. Now I'm never going to think about that ever again in my life, which to us is so like, how do you have something like that happen and not think about it? Because to us, it kind of like haunts us. Well, you know, like, no, literally and <laughs> figuratively. Uh, well, what, I'm, what, what I think is crazy is if you actually see a spirit, that means that there is life after death. And I think few people take the time to really integrate that. You know, they're like, Yeah, it's just Whoa. like, oh, this weird thing happened. Yeah. But and it's it sounds like you did that through Jonas, through seeing him going through all these experiences of being like, oh, this really means that there is these bigger powers at play and that we're not all stuck in these mortal bodies for the rest of this. I still don't yeah. know yeah. completely. No, like he does. He can say, I know. And I still have to say, I hope. Mm. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> I mean, this is a beautiful thing that was happening. It's also painful. Is like everyone is being forced to have long nights and think about this, you know, and like 
we have 8 billion people on the planet all kind of circling the wagon in the same five questions. Why am I here? Is your life after death? Has God exist? Blah, blah, blah. Is there hell? Is he cool? All that stuff. We're all kind of being forced to do that because we don't have 20 million things to distract us. And Mary is very present and, you know, reflective. And I'd like to think I am, but like everyone's kind of doing that. And so some people are feeling some relief and some people are feeling some true existential dread. But, you know, I wish existential dread on each and every one of my brothers and sisters down here because you'll start to figure shit out and ask questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that's a good motivator. Look out the window and the wing's on fire. You're not going to go straight to sky. And I'm like, I should fucking look at that. And I don't wish that in a hard way, but I think that I don't wish hardness on anyone, but like, this is kind of part of the game. Yeah. Ask those questions. I may get half an answer right out of five. And I, I have that with her knowing that I love her. And I know that that's undisputed and that it will never change regardless of the form. So I feel all right in my advancement in this life, but uh, <laughs> I think we are being forced to kind of look at this. So yeah. God bless you guys for doing what you're doing. Cause I'm sure a lot of people are calling and, and Adam, you start having some weird existential, I mean, weird metaphysical experiences. It's going to lead you pretty quick to the soup kitchen of like, what does this mean? Right. Mm -hmm. so. I think too, before I met Elisa, I, my default when I thought about spiritual ideas, you know, was I kind of just gathered like a poo poo platter of spiritual ideology. I'm like, Oh, this sounds kind of good. That sounds good. You know? And one of those was this kind of Buddhist, like non-attachment. It was this idea of like, Oh, well, if I'm spiritual, I'm kind of non-attached to anything in this physical realm. Um, and as soon as I met Elisa, I'm like, no, I'm attached. Like, I'm very attached. And since I had kids, I'm like, I'm so attached to being here. And I don't want this to end. And I think that that is something that I, I think when we don't integrate that piece, we're spiritually bypassing. We're, you know, deciding to live up here in these other realms instead of live in this realm with the people we love and uh i, I don't have any conclusion it's hard. on that i think it's hard that's um, like why our podcast called holy and human right because there's like these two real yeah. i don't even polar <laughs> sides yeah, yeah. there's a, two realities to it and then it's like holding the tension of the opposites as carl jung calls it of like your human life and then these divine moments and stuff and then just how to navigate all of it is it's a uh, i think what i've ultimately yeah concluded i don't know i went on this whole tangent but is i think where we began full circle is recognizing that the divine is love and wants us to love and wants us to experience love and so the more we can experience unconditional love here the more we're experiencing the divine and that's just what i've taken away through my years of all this and i'm shutting down my visuals like i've uh elisa showed me some techniques about shutting down the Six chakra. Six chakra, you know, closing it down a little bit because it was just too intense and it wasn't helping me integrate a lot of things. For us, we'd rather um, like sense a spirit instead of see a spirit. Yeah, I can sense so. it. I can still get the information. Seeing it still kind of freaks me out. Uh, but well, I do open it up when I'm on sessions. And so I kind of choose when I do and when I don't. Like I'll be talking to, you know, other parents at the school at like a teacher parent teacher conference or something like that and then we'll be getting information about them seeing things and have at this point been like this is not my information to share unless they're guided to come to do a session with us and then i will you know open that up uh so that's just how i've you know figured out how to deal with that part if we go walking in the park, we'll wear sunglasses sometimes, even before quarantine, like to stay away from people. Because if I make eye contact with someone, I'm starting to engage, you know, with deep things of their soul where it's like, this might not be socially appropriate. Yeah. I don't know if that was part of your journey or not, but. Yeah, I had some of that. Uh, it's been a while and uh, I don't miss it. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I, I've had things like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, I, I see you plug in when you want and, 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 be able to completely unplug when you're like, nope, I'm, I'm being husband right now. I'm being dad right now. I am, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not allowing yeah, that. I, I try to do that with that and work. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that um, I talked to a lot of people that didn't make the cut of wake up that I highly respect, but like how many llamas can you have in a one movie? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they all kind of took a similar stance. I mean, I was pretty young at the point, and uh, they were like, you got to dispense with that as quick as possible. Everyone of them said that. And it, it, it was maddening 
It's like, are you out of your mind? Do you realize all this stuff out there? It's like, that's, that's cute, but you need to dispense with it. Now, if you can use it like you guys put in a service to help people, that's different. But just to have it as your own kind of thing, to have these highs and lows can be masturbatory. And they were like, you got to dispense with it. You're not, you don't have no plans on plugging this and help other people. You can't even help yourself with it, so you got to dispense with it. Yeah, I see that now. I mean, I get a lot of people that kind of pop up, and they're really stuck in that phenomenon, which I clearly was. To it. Clearly was. And it's kind of like someone, it's different than grief, but like when someone dies, you say they're, they've been gone for seven years, but they still have that same level of grief. There's a part of them that, is in love with being that victim of grief. I mean, grief's a bastard for all of us, but you can kind of say that. Yeah. I don't remember where I was going with it, but I just, for me, it's like there's an upstairs and there's a level of service and there's a level of responsibility. There's a level of not hiding behind it. There's a level of integrating it. There's a level of be who you, you know, if you're going to practice what you preach, which I've been accused of not always doing. And um, that's enough of a job for me. You know what I mean? And like, I love what you guys are doing because you guys seem very, very clean with it. We need more clean practitioners because that's not always the case. It's not always but I do think that people are ready for these different levels. And I do think the opportunity of what's happening, there will be a critical mass moment where light comes back in. But, you know, yeah. this is a really, really dark time. So, yeah, whatever we can do on small levels is, is needed. Um, but, yeah. One thing I've learned and came to this understanding through our relationship and is just one night I had this crazy wild vision in my head. I don't have visions, but a vision in my head that there is a great net of the universe and you might get caught in that net based on what you truly believe. I love that. Yeah. And to be careful what you truly believe. Yes. Because there is a net for you to catch you in that. So that's yeah. why I'm like, that is so we could all be true. <laughs> Everything that um, we're arguing about, I'm right and you're right. And everyone could be right because the universe is that large. Mm -hmm. So be careful what you believe in. I mean, yeah. I, when I'm speaking to spirits on the other side, a lot of times what they'll tell me is the first thing they see in the transfer of that first period over is whatever they're programmed to understand religion to be. Not all the time, not 100%, but a lot of times it's like, you know, did they see some Buddhist welcome back or was it a, a Jesus welcome back or was it a, you know, I think- It's like the transfer station. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. where you're adjusting. Um, and they have to give you something you're comfortable with and can understand you as adjust. love um, in that moment. That makes sense. Yeah. That's uh, such a beautiful. Um, yeah, I love Mara how your intuition works. Like I, you've said a couple yeah. things where I've, it's so great how kind of like I don't yeah. even know how to put in words thorough, but like detailed when you're getting your, yeah. your intuition. It's very. She's cool. actually the intuitive one. I just uh, hog the spotlight. <laughs> yeah, that's not to be her. How long have y'all been together? What's that? How long have y'all been together? Nine years. Around? Nine years yeah. about. Yeah. Since we met. So you started having experiences before you met her, and when you met her, she kind of helped you ground no, it. And we have a wild guy. She was my wake-up call, uh, wake-up button. So I, uh, you know, ran into Elisa through a mutual friend, and uh, we met up one more time, and when I met up with her, I saw um, a being of light come out of her and she just smiled at me like this greatest smile I've ever and it was just like oh you're who I've always loved and will and you're my person and we're already married was kind of the feeling mm -hmm. and and so that was it that was my that was like the visual visualization and my breakdown was there. that I was already married <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was yeah. a little bit of a problem when we both had this <laughs> realization and memory because I had to explain to my physical world husband that I was already like married. Mm. That was probably intense. That was a big breakdown. Yeah. It yeah. was a big breakdown. I had people telling me, you're going to lose your career. Who's going to go to a marriage and family therapist who's having a midlife crisis, who's just... And people thought it was like a sexual thing. And I was like, I wish it was just a sexual thing. Like, I wish this was just about like, like getting laid. Like that would be way marriage. easier than yeah. what's actually happening here. We were having, we called them love bombs or we'd have periods of like shaking 
with all the love coming in of these almost like seizures that would go on for like, did you guys, <laughs> I don't know. If they, no, they, that's interesting though. Um, and so we would text each other, um, cause at first I was like, maybe we'll just be friends and meditate together. Like maybe it can be a platonic thing. And then it was very clear that th my soul told me, she's like, this is your spiritual husband. You can choose to be with him or not, but we're showing you him. You're going to help more people spiritually if you can follow this path. But, um, it was terrifying. I'm Capricorn. I like love security and like a good plan that lasts forever. <laughs> yeah. So She's it was not Italian and family very loyal. Like, and loyal, there's never yeah. been a divorce in my family. Um, so I was definitely became the demon, uh, you know, child for everyone <laughs> for a long A lot. We live on a small island. So there was a lot of um, scarlet letter on, on me and um, he lost all his friends. Like, uh, yeah, so it was intense. <laughs> it was a rough, definitely a breakdown. Road. But it was almost like it would be like slapping God in the face at a certain point to deny the truth of what was happening. And I remember someone told me you're going to lose your whole career. And I said, no, you know how I'm going to lose my career? If I tell people to listen to their soul and their intuition, and then I turn from this truth. Yeah. And my ex-husband's an amazing person and man, like he's a beautiful guy, but my soul was like, there's someone for him, there's someone for you. And he's remarried with a child and they're really oh, happy. Right. That's beautiful. <laughs> we have a similar story. So when I met Jonas, I was also married. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Stop, that's not too, yeah, yeah. That part edited out of the film. Yeah, yeah we, we, we <laughs> aren't ready to, to challenge a, that yet. There's a lot that's been edited out, but I, I love hearing your story. Yeah. There was a greater love plan for all of us, for all of us. And uh, we had to surrender to that. And yeah. it wasn't easy for sure. So what was your experience of that? Like meeting Jonas and this guy who was seeing spirits you can say whatever and, you want to yeah. about it no you can tell us if you want yeah. it whatever it. Level he, he walked into the funeral home that's the first time i'd ever seen him um i don't know if this was in the movie i hadn't seen the movie in so long so i don't remember what i said but it was um all of our friends were so worried about this man um they kept talking about can you talk to jonas is he gonna be okay and i'm like I, I was a grown man what what's the problem and so then he walked into the funeral home and he had gone from new york city all the way to athens georgia like when he found out his best friend had, had died and so it's like planes trains automobiles what do i have to do to get my physical body to where i need to be you know and had not processed had not been through that moment of shock um and he walked into the funeral home and i just it was like thunderous emotion coming all over my body and it was i felt it my heart beating i couldn't breathe i felt nauseous i was just like who is this human is he my brother is he like and I just, I had no understanding <laughs> of the kind of writing. He's like, brother. Um, it, I just had no understanding of what I was going through. I mean, I thought I had had love before. No way. There's no way I had ever truly experienced it. And, and so this was just so overwhelming to me. And usually in my life before, I had just sort of drifted along and not made decisions and let people choose for me and suddenly i i guess i woke up and said this is the life that i feel is correct whether or not i knew it was destiny or fate or my my soul telling me what to do i didn't have that word, those words yet um but i went with it i i totally i had to go with it yeah and I, yeah, we're so glad. <laughs> yeah. I finally talked to him after the funeral that day. Um, he was, we were passing each other on the way to Rob's mom's bathroom. And, and suddenly the words came out of my mouth to, to tell him that all of us friends had been together for days. Like we had just immediately connected and, and, and all sat at Rob's mom's house together, like drinking booze, laughing, telling the stories. And you know, those moments uh, of grief 
those hours go by and so much of those processes are happening. And he had put it off for so long that the laughter, he wasn't ready for the laughter yet. He wasn't ready for those old stories to come yet. And I knew that, I could tell the pain in his face. And so I just stopped him and told him that, that he would, he would catch up, he would get there. And, and I understood exactly where he was, but do yeah. you remember is I that did. how I put it? I or? Did. I yeah. Did. Okay. Anyway, talk so. about your love. I start tearing up. I feel the energy is oh. like so strong. It's really sweet. The, the top side of the story is, um, I came down from New York to shoot a music video oh, yeah. and Rob was going to run sound a little hip hop video. And, uh, I've been seeing things for about six months and I was talking to Rob every day about it. And so all these weird things happen to put things in the right place at the right time. Um, we went to a Waffle House to do a shot list. I, I didn't know what a chakra was. We were getting ready to go up and leave. And a big green ball of light came out of this solar plexus and rushed at me. And I was like, Rob, you just had this light come out of your chest and rush at me. He was just like, weird. That was the extent of it. Yeah. The next morning we wake up and, you know, I have to go to the bank and get the other car to get this. Just a myriad of things we had to do to just go on set and film this low budget hip hop video. And uh, Rob was getting ready to go. And it's like, well, just be careful. And I just, I can see it. And I on some level, I must have known. He's like, always. And of course, Rob never showed back up to set. We shot the whole video at the end of the day. He's at the emergency, I mean, he's at the hospital where he got T-bone on his Ducati. And so, you know, I stayed here trying to see if I can get him back to the good health. And uh, I realized I'd saw a vision of that four months earlier when I initially started seeing things in San Francisco. So there was a lot of guilt and like, what the fuck, how does this work? But I really, Adam, I love the word you said, orchestrate. And maybe it's wishful thinking, maybe not, but I believe there's a plan for show up in the meat suit and for whatever beautiful and sad and wondrous reason, me, Mara, and Rob had a plan. Because um, when I met her at his funeral, I was in love at first sight. She was married, and so I was trying to do the Southern gentleman oh, yeah. thing. And I, and I told her, I was like, listen, <laughs> I'm going to call you like in seven months. And if you're still married or whatever, we can pick it up. I mean, we'll, yeah. if you're not, if you're free, we'll talk. Yeah. Went back to Brooklyn. I meditated for about a week. I called her in six days. And I, I can't fucking <laughs> wait. I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just wondering as, as like a final question for you guys from at this point with your new boy in this world and you guys together, uh, what, has been your your takeaway let's say it's going to sound cliche and i realized how far off target uh, i was three years ago eight years ago 20 years ago and the remembrance i had as a child I, I was going to be a preacher when i was a kid i don't know if that made the film and i said no i'll become a filmmaker and it's kind of cute how things kind of intertwine uh and this is a very sunny stock answer but like it's just love and uh, my shadow stuff comes up it's mine it's not someone else's that I have to keep working on and keep integrating and making sure that um, I'm just being as good as I can be. And like, there's been levels I thought, oh, I'm doing great. And it's like, if I look back at that from five years ago, it's like, no, oh, you have a real issue with this. And it really manifested in this way. And so um, I feel like I'm a really good father and I feel like I'm becoming a better husband. And this is the boring answer. It's like, I'm really just trying to be a better thing. Um, and I just don't take for granted the time here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like I'm remarkably blessed. I feel like I've got earned some of the scars I have to have her as a friend, as a much less a wife and the mother of my child. And that child is a fucking miracle. And I just people when people go, oh, childhood uh, being a parent is so hard. I'm like, no, it's not. It's challenging. Mm -hmm. It's not hard. Mm -hmm. And so I just I feel very very lucky and blessed. And I'm trying to get better with just remembering that. Um, working a film, you know, which is a, just a crazy occupation which I would have so many ups and downs, like almost hits and misfires and all that. And it would just make me crazy. And Mary would hear me talk, oh, that deal went wrong or this didn't work out or this, whatever the thing is, like, it didn't fucking matter anymore. Mm -hmm. I make a living. I mean, I'm still moving and things are showing up. It's just like my level of whatever, it's just started to diminish more and more. It's a long-winded answer, but it's a really hard question. But um, yeah, I talked to a woman today who, who did a TV show on named uh, Mary Neal. And she was a scientist who died and yeah. JC and came back and we're like a really great odd couple. And we just really compliment each other. And, you know, she kind of brought me back to the thing about just how fortunate we are 
like we really are lottery winners to be down the meet suit to have this experience. And I try to go back to that every time that, you know. I really liked her energy and she was, what did she say? I, yeah, so her energy feels so grounded and <laughs> I don't know she, if she, she was a spinal cord surgeon. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I mean, she's legit and she's just like, yeah, matter of fact, man, Jesus. Yeah. And like, um, I guess my point is though, I'm just, it's a hard question. I just realize how blessed I am. And I realize in times where I've taken her for granted in the past or yeah. taken advantage of my extraordinary good luck. Something about my son being here and all I've ever wanted was to have a child with her. That's it. Everything else, that's all I want. Yeah. You know, I just feel remarkably blessed. That's, that's awesome. Anything, that's Mara, answer. that you want to say in, in closing? Is there anything else that feels unsaid? Well, I, I'm one that doesn't check in all the time, right? I, I, I'm a creative director in advertising, so I'm... I'm fortunate that I work for an ad agency whose whose you know motto is do good things. So it's so wonderful that I can you know recognize that my industry is very much demonized and hated, and rightfully so in many ways. That's not true. Well, advertising can be should, should be hated. Yeah. Can be very rough, um, but there are I finally found people who are of like uh, mind and soul that want to, of course. Uh, do good things for for clients and so though I don't check in constantly with my soul lessons or I don't meditate and I don't have a religious practice or a spiritual practice I I am more aware of trying to live my life each day with empathy and um, and try to leave it better than how I found it that's beautiful yeah well, thank you guys for. I don't meditate either, guys. I mean, <laughs> I hate, I don't meditate. I hate kill. I don't do yoga. It's like these different trappings. I just I'm, yeah. I mean, need a t-shirt. This is I hate kale. I just try not to be a dick and try to remember <laughs> it's a it's a blessing to be here. It really is. And when things go upside down for me, if I'm in the ditch, maybe you guys will call me. I was like, remember that time you said how lucky you were? It's like it's still this thing. Yeah. Um, really nice to see you guys. Yeah, thanks for having really us. Good to see you. And yeah. we're so excited for you with the baby i mean probably like abnormally excited because when i see <laughs> those things i'm just so happy for you guys and yeah so enjoying congrats and thanks for taking the time thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed it go check out this movie at wakeupthefilm.com and let your friends and family who are ready for this type of stuff know this is out there for them as a resource and please come find us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And give us a like and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. It helps get the word out.